0: The Alliance guys, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Alliance guys have finally reunited, and it feels so right. Jaden, DKM, welcome to the show, fellas.
1: It's your pleasure, I'm sure. I we know you missed
0: We missed you dearly. Did you hear the exuberance coming from my voice? Of course I missed
2: you guys. I'm not even sure who you are.
0: Well, I'm the hostess with the mostest. I'm Jay Cal. Online with me is Jaden, and of course DKM. Now DKM has been a huge fan of the NWA for many, many years. He was actually in the building when Kerry Von Erich won his World's Heavyweight Championship.
2: That is correct. Part of the largest so, crowd to see nor- to see wrestling at that time.
0: in In the great state of Texas, where what stadium was that? That was uh that's not, not where the Cowboys people, used to play, was
2: it? Yeah, it was where the Cowboys used to play. It was the old okay. Texas stadium.
0: Okay. They don't play there anymore. So this has been kind of an interesting week for the NWA, for me, for everyone involved. Um, first and foremost, uh, thank you to the NWA for putting my um, handsome mug on your TV. I'm sure it popped at least two different people watching the show. Um, that's pretty cool. I, You know, a lot of people were uh, messaging me on the first episode. They started doing that and said, hey, Jay, why aren't you on there? And I said, hey, man, it, there's nine weeks of television. If they get to me, they get to me. If they don't, they don't. It's not a big deal. But uh, it's kind of cool to see your face on TV. Um, too bad we didn't do video chat with you guys so that you could have been on the TV show as well.
1: Well, yeah, it's, I don't want to be on the TV anyway. That will increase the ratings too much. And since I'm not getting paid to do it,
2: they, sh- they don't That's deserve it. my pretty face. Well, they certainly don't deserve your face. I I, I do agree with that.
0: Nobody deserves that. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to be back, guys. I'm so happy you guys are here. Um, I told you guys that uh, the Alliance blog has a TikTok page, right?
2: Yes, I saw that video, and uh, you deserve to get shot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh, with all the teenage girls prancing around or something like
0: that. Hey, someone's got to turn their messages off because I'm hearing the vibrations. Um, I, yeah, it's, I guess, you know, uh, TikTok is a weird thing. I've heard uh, a lot of people talk about it. Um, I was under the impression that it was like a much younger audience, like, you know, like that like 10 to 13 year olds. And the idea was that, you know, Hey, if you could hook a wrestling fan today, Uh, you know you'll have someone spending their money on wrestling the rest of their life so my idea was to try to um, capture that fan base and see if they would be interested in following the NWA with me and for like like last month and a half I've been producing content with zero views and I honestly would get discouraged but uh, it turns out um, today just by adding a few photos and a few uh, filters that I got some hits so I guess I'll be on TikTok for a little while longer
2: And we are all excited about that fact. I could tell.
0: I could tell. Yeah. No, it, well, look. Like, this is called talk NWA, right? So we're supposed to talk about the NWA. We're talking about the NWA um, power, obviously.
2: Uh,
0: yeah, you know, it's that's very difficult to say. Power. DeCam, power. your
2: shirt. Sounds like you're freezing. <laughs> it's 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 3 hours guys so let's not overdo it it's power Come there on there you go not that hard Sounds like you're so
0: <laughs> I well, did I, I used to
2: think, so, it fits.
0: so um overall the show you know what I noticed is uh and I've I've kind of been tracking the numbers the live viewership seems to be down a little bit um but it's still, it's still doing well in terms of people who come back to it week after week. And then, again, the way that you know, broadcast TV, it, you have that moment, that opportunity to showcase what you're showcasing. Um, with YouTube, it's a little bit different. The way that we um, digest the content is different. And the way that it actually makes money is different, too. They don't have to sell advertisers uh, to watch the program. They literally just have to have people continue to watch. And with over, you know, I think the first episodes, are right at like, uh, I think it was five hundred thousand. Does anyone? Can anyone confirm that?
2: I don't I have believe it in you're running right. me. I can check it out. All right, well I'm on DK's it too, checking so. it
1: out. All right, well I'm the lazy one. I'm not doing anything. I'll just talk instead. <laughs> but sure. <laughs> well, um, one thing's for sure. I'm glad they're not, the commercials that are on there aren't being paid to be part of that. Except for maybe the Universal Academy. Those other commercials, um, I kind of somewhat liked the Tony Falk one, but the, the the one this week, no, definitely, definitely not my uh, type of thing.
0: <laughs> the well, you don't need the product; you don't have any need for to make your hair go invisible.
1: Yeah, it's true. That's because I'm solar powered. I don't need the product and I definitely don't like the uh, spiritual advisor. In fact, I'm not going to I'm going to be blunt right now and I'll just say straight up. This episode was kind of the uh, Godfather part 3 for me right now. While the first two were enjoyable, this one was definitely a disaster. I I did not like it.
0: Wow. So, just a heads up as we were talking, the NWA powered the episode 1 which featured Tim Storm versus Nick Aldis did have over 495 views on uh and that's on YouTube. And then the last week's episode, Clickbait, had 279. Uh, this week, um, it's just, uh, just a day ago, is at uh, 122,000. And this was the tw- uh, titled mm-hmm. The Twilight of Tim Storm. So I, you can't really speak to the numbers of views because it's only been a day. But there has been a little bit of drop off on the live numbers. Now, Jaden, you said you're not happy with the show. You actually called it The Godfather, the third version of the go- uh, the third
1: sequel of The Godfather. Second Godfather. sequel with the third Godfather. Yeah.
0: Yeah. OK, sorry. Uh, so what what did not you like? Let's let's talk about that first. You know, normally we're proactive about the positive, but let's talk about the negative. What didn't you this like?
1: This was a more of a sports entertainment show. I don't wa- watch the NWA for sports entertainment. I watch it for professional wrestling, and it was way more sports entertainment than professional wrestling. Well, there was some good stuff that I'll definitely talk about, some stuff I enjoyed. The uh, the, the, the commercial, the thing with Aaron, um, Aaron Rex, Aaron something, Aaron Stevens. Steven. Steven. Aaron Stevens. Yeah, and then some of the other stuff was just kind of just a little too AEW for my liking. Oh,
0: Now, Jaden, we or excuse me, DKM, we had talked offline and you weren't a big fan of this episode either. What What are some of the things you didn't like about this episode?
2: Well, I overall liked the show. I didn't love it. Uh, I don't I'm not into the whole let Camille speak angle going on with the serious journalist and
0: Joe Galley, clickbait
2: Joe Galley Yeah, clickbait Joe Galley I I have nothing against Joe Galley and I have nothing against Camille and I have nothing against Nick Aldis I don't like this story, so to speak Uh, There's only a couple ways it can pay off and I'm not really thrilled with either one of them Right And so, you know we'll leave that to the viewers' imaginations but uh and then of course it had josephus on it and everybody knows my feelings on josephus uh he has a part to play somewhere else not in front of the camera
1: <laughs> yeah see, so we had somebody before says well oh, how can somebody not like josephus well there's another person that doesn't like josephus it's because he's goofy to me this wasn't and Josephus is a good part of this reason. It reminded me more of Tuesday Night Titans than end up than Georgia Championship Wrestling.
0: I mean, for me personally, one of the things I enjoyed about uh, <laughs> again, you're saying Tuesday Night Titans, and you don't care for the Josephus gimmick, and that's fine. I'm not a huge fan of Josephus either. What I did like is when Colt Cabana came out dressed as James Storm. Mm-hmm. And said, the best line of the night, uh, was, uh, uh, sorry about my damn gimmick. <laughs> that made me laugh. I thought that was hilarious. And, uh, apparently you guys didn't care for that one too much.
1: Well, they used to say funny doesn't make money. And unfortunately it, it does. It just doesn't make the money like being serious or being, uh, treated as a, a sport does, you know, uh, Yes, comedians make lots of money because that's what it's supposed to do, but I don't think you've seen very many humorous situations before the 1980s when the WWE started doing that goofy garbage. But TNT got uh, canceled real quickly because it was stupid and because it didn't draw the ratings like the the other shows they did.
2: Well, there have always been gimmick wrestlers that have included some comedy – in their time, but they've in and uh, I didn't have a major issue with what Colt Cabana did. I mean, it's not my cup of tea, but not everything is okay. That's, you know, that's life. It's just, I don't know. And to me, the whole episode seemed a little bit off. And look, I understand this is their third episode. By then, they were three hours into, uh, or longer than that, into uh, taping TV. They're still trying to find themselves. They're trying to develop, you know, stories. There, there, is, there really hasn't been an NWA storyline outside of the world title going before this. So, you know, they're finding themselves, and I'm willing to give them time to find themselves. But, you know, I also have to be honest and say, you know what works for me and what doesn't work for me right uh, this, this episode not so much worked for me
0: and and the thing you just made a great point and i um let me reiterate that too this was hour number three of a two days worth of television and i'll be honest the folks that i was there with we all agreed that it really didn't find their stride until night number two and you'll see a big difference i think i, I mean i think you will um where it just seemed things were clicking a little bit better on that second night of taping. So, you know, the, the, the arguments that you're bringing up, I mean, you're not wrong, whatever you don't like is, I mean, that's what the thing about wrestling, there is a, a flavor for everybody. Um, and if the NWA is missing out on this one, and it's, it's one of those things where Jaden said like, well, I don't like the fans in, in, in Atlanta, but you know what? Those fans are kind of determining what's going to be popular on that show because the reaction that certain individuals got uh elevated those individuals and cha- literally changed uh the way the show was produced uh some of the angles that they had were working on kind of got scrapped in the middle of the show just because of the way that certain characters got got over
1: well the adaptability is what a good studio wrestling needs it's what professional wrestling needs nowadays they don't need so much scripted yeah. They need more uh, to do on the fly. Uh, and honestly, it should be a little combination of both. There should be some long-term planning, and there should be some adaptability to adjust that course when waves and ships and other things come crashing towards you.
2: you
1: know. <laughs> it uh, it definitely – I think it's something, a combination of both, and that's a good thing to hear. And the fact that they haven't hit their stride until the second night does give me a lot of hope. Um, I I wasn't – again, it wasn't what I – it wasn't what I hoped for, and I have a feeling with this question mark gimmick, it's going to be even less so.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know? I, I, I'm going to venture a guess to say that you're not going to like it.
1: Yeah, I kind of already know I'm not going to like it, but <laughs> you know, we'll see. I didn't like it when uh, Jim Nighart was who, and I definitely don't like this question mark gimmick. But we'll see. You know, maybe at least if the rest of it can be good, then I could deal with maybe some. Not everything is going to come out. In a meal that you're going to like, I definitely don't like lettuce and tomato on my sandwich. Doesn't mean other people don't. So,
2: I don't. Yeah. But well, <laughs> and I I think to add on to that a little bit, uh, you know, it's good to listen to the fans. But yes, if, you know, in a hot environment with. You know, those weren't really Atlanta fans. Those were fans from all across the country who were kind of hardcore NWA fans. This is true. You know, you know such as yourself and things like that. And so it was, you know, you get into it and you got to do things also to kind of keep yourself energized for however many hours it took to do the tapings and the... Right. You know, uh, and- VIPs and everything like that. It, the, the thing you got to... What you got to find the balance in is a fad thing, a, a fad gimmick. I mean, like, I understand in question mark or whatever he went by, you know, was kind of, you know, caught the wow of the fans for the night and things like that. And, you know, maybe it'll be a good gimmick. I don't know. I'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, and, but, and... But, but it could also be one of those things where, okay, yeah, they loved him tonight, but now they've watched you know nine episodes and they get in you come back taking to december and they bring them out and they're like yeah you were fun the first night not so much tonight you know you, you got to be you got to find your balance in those things right um
0: so to that point about finding balance let's talk a little bit about the show and what actually was uh, taking place on this episode now um we had a, a, a first-time matchup. Marty Bell, who has challenged for the woman's title in the past, uh, she took on Crystal Rose. Um, DKM, your thoughts?
2: I thought it was a pretty decent match. I'm not familiar with Crystal Rose or whatever her name is, so I didn't know what to expect from her. Honestly, she got a little more offense in than I was anticipating. Not necessarily a bad thing. Made the match kind of competitive. Uh, I mean, it was a good standard studio match, as far as I'm concerned. It, uh, not going to rate five stars by anybody, but, you know, for an opening match on the TV, it was good. It, it played its part. Jaden?
1: Well, uh, that's what studio wrestling is kind of what it's best at and what it should be for. Uh, I've seen Marty Bell in the in the past in person and in many different places and she got over her move, she got over her personality, she got over what she needed to do. While Crystal Meth or Crystal Rose or whatever her name was, <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't... Uh, the fact that they, they were saying that she's a, she was a goth gimmick and that she loves Smashing Pumpkins, uh, that's kind of like saying that you're a gimmick of um, superheroes and your favorite superhero was uh dump man or something like that, or powder toast man. <laughs> but still, you um, know,
0: I think they called her a grunge fan. And then, I mean, it's the same point that you made um, smashing pumpkins isn't grunge music. No. So I don't know if that was just a way to, to, to cheap plug, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Billy Corgan, there. Um, I personally thought the match was just okay. Um, Crystal Rose and Marty Bell, to me, I think was actually better than Ashley Vox versus uh, Allison K, um, but not by much. So far, the women's division hasn't impressed me, um, and I, I'll probably get heat from that. Somebody from Chicago will probably send me death threats. But yeah, so far, the women's division—so far, the women's division has been lackluster at best. Now, I will say this. It improves greatly on night number two, uh, but, you know, that's not for another two, maybe two more weeks. So we'll have to wait and see for that. The next match was actually one that I really enjoyed. Two guys who I'm really big on, and that would be uh, Caleb Conley, who Jade and I have been waxing poetic about for the last two or three weeks. And uh, two weeks. And then um, D-Man Parker. Uh, D-Man Parker is a – he's a Canadian He's wrestled actually internationally for uh, DDT in Japan. And I know that's not a huge deal, but I think it's still a pretty big deal for an independent wrestler to kind of get out there and and tour the world. So he's a Canadian wrestler who wrestles in Japan. And, you know, you can even say he's an international wrestler by wrestling in the United States, Uh, is a regular championship wrestling from Hollywood, a regular championship wrestling from Arizona. I guarantee you he'll be have something to do with Silver State Wrestling because that's all Dave Marquez promotion. And then, it, of course, he was here at NWA Hollywood. Or excuse me, NWA Hollywood. Wow. That's a throwback for 12 years ago. Um, he's been involved with NWA Atlanta, the two shows, the NWA Power. Uh, he was there on both nights. What were your guys' thoughts on this match?
1: Well, while Devin was vibrating the excitement about it. I definitely think it was a good match. I, I, I Caleb Conley has impressed me way more than than I've seen him when I have seen him live. Uh, the D Man, just you know, maybe in a couple of years he'll be able to graduate to be the Z Man. That'll be kind of nice.
2: Huh.
1: <laughs> but uh, he's Canadian, so I won't definitely won't hold that against him. But uh, actually, no, it, it was a good little match. He showed some promise. Um, it was definitely not a fringe match, unlike his jacket. But it was it was definitely <laughs> interesting. I enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, I mean it was good. I I didn't have any problems with it. I know Conley. I've seen his work before. Uh, this other guy, not so much. Uh, D man or D dude or yeah D-D-D-D-D-K-M or whatever uh, D K man D K man. I uh, just yeah it it, it was good. Uh, Conley was competitive against Eli Drake. Yes. And D Man was competitive, but I don't. Just watching everything, I wouldn't feel like D Man necessarily be competitive with Eli Drake, right? Just and so it's, you know, it it was a fun match for what it was. The right guy went over. I don't. Ha- I didn't have any problems with it. Again, it was kind of some good old fashioned studio wrestling.
0: Mm -hmm. um my my take on a lot of this is we know full well that you know this show is going to feature a lot of enhancement talent what i'm enjoying about the show is that we're getting guys who i mean it's not a squash match i mean it's it's it has the same kind of uh, effect um you know we had we had uh we had mr um Caleb Conley take on uh, Eli Drake. And the point of that match was to show that Eli Drake is a winner Um, in that match. Caleb Conley lost, but he didn't necessarily look like a loser Um, in yesterday night's match. We had Caleb Conley taking on D man Parker um, and you know, Caleb went over, but D man didn't look like a loser, even though he lost, if that makes sense. So I, I see this as they're setting up building blocks right now. If the NWA ends up deciding to bring back a junior heavyweight title, there's they're setting up the foundation right there. They're setting up these little building blocks. If the NWA decides to bring a TV title into the picture, um, they have building blocks. You know, they, they could put a belt on Caleb Conley and it wouldn't be crazy. Um and I and I can appreciate that. I think that's good storytelling. Um E. lie Drake talking to Tim Storm.
1: Oh, on the whole Eli, Drake, and Tim Storm
2: duo. You know, this is one of those things that wasn't bad by definition, but I didn't necessarily understand. Uh, Tim Drake, trying to figure out if he's going to retire or not. The man's 53. Tim Storm. Tim
0: Storm, excuse
2: me. i been watching Tim man. That's uh, what I figured. <laughs> uh, Tim Right, uh, but what I was saying was I, I I didn't see why Eli Drake would come out and try to be positive for Tim Storm and encouraging and all that. Uh, I, I acknowledge that in modern day wrestling, heel face roles aren't so clear, but I. Something about it just seemed off to me. It it didn't seem like yeah, a do, natural connection.
1: To Eli it. Drake a face or a heel? Uh, yeah, all right. It's kind of obvious. Tim Storm is a face, but is is Nick Aldis a face or a heel? Is James Storm a face or a heel? The only ones we definitely know are a heel are the Dawsons and that uh, waste of time and space and energy and matter and everything else in Josephus. They're the only obvious heels of the whole so far. The whole group.
0: Uh, what about Latimer and uh, Royce Isaacs?
1: Vladimir and Isaacs, they're they're kind of faces too in a way. Great. They're tweeners Great. too, and especially with uh, what's going on with with the Dawsons, they're 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 not really totally defined.
0: And, and and again, we're three weeks of television, right? Most of these guys are new to the NWA brand. Remember, the last two years, it's been Tim Storm, Nick Aldis, uh, Willie Mack for a short time, Colt Cabana. Uh, Allison K. Jazz, who isn't a part of the program, um, the, so so getting these clearly defined roles has kind of been an issue. Now the clearly defined roles, like you mentioned, you know, do we even know if Cabana's faced at this point? I mean, I kind of assume so, but um, in this particular situation, and I felt it that night at the TV taping, and I think um, I don't want to give too much away, but. Eli Drake is kind of a a manipulator, if you will. I think he's, you know, I'm not trying to compare him to Jake the Snake by any stretch, but he's certainly pulling the puppet strings of more than just what we see on the surface. And, um, you know, there was a, the storyline is that Tim Storm lost the title, right? Or excuse me, lost an opportunity to win that championship, lost an opportunity to ever challenge for that championship. But as Eli Drake pointed out, hell, hey, man, don't be a quitter. There's still the tag team division. There's still the North America uh, national championship. There's still an opportunity to, to win a title. Just because you can't be the granddaddy at the top doesn't mean that you can't still be a, a, a winner. But also think about it this way, right? And this was what was going through my head during the show. If Tim Storm is focused on the North American, or I keep saying North American, the national champion, right? Then that means that James Storm has his hands full with Tim Storm, which means that's one more person out of the way for Eli Drake to challenge towards Nick Aldis. So, I mean, I don't know if that's what the storyline they're going at, but that's my interpretation of it. And, um, you know, there is evidence in the coming weeks of, of it kind of supporting that, but, you know, nothing's factual. This is just my uh, my interpretation of what I see in front of me um the tag team match and this was something else that i did not like this is something that bothered me because of storytelling right so they introduced us to the dawson's either one of you guys fans of the dawson's uh
2: okay i guess nothing special i mean i don't know i don't know enough about them and i haven't seen them enough i mean they're kind of they're kind of a throwback in of themselves or a little bit like the Trevor Burdocks and the others, you know, you don't look, you don't look at them and go, Oh wow. They look like great athletes, but you do kind of look at them and go, yeah, they look like they could probably kick you. Right.
0: And, and backside. as we were talking about um, in the last episode, these guys were part of the um, Crockett cup. So it's not like they came out of nowhere. They were in that wild card tag team along with Latimer and Isaacs and, you know, uh, the boys from ring of honor. So, I mean, the foundation was already kind of set back at the Crockett Cup. Um, I'm not a fan of them. I don't really care for Dawson's Creek. Never did, never will. Um, But they put them in the ring with a former world's champion, and at least you could have to call them a top contender for that title, and they immediately shriveled in the spotlight they did not look like a tag team that was on the verge of challenging for the tag titles. If anything, Drake and storm kind of took it to them, a duo that hasn't ever teamed before. And the night of the TV tape, and I actually messaged you guys on uh, Facebook and said, Oh man, what is going on with this kind of booking? Um, now we know that makeshift tag teams work all the time, but this, again, it didn't feel right to me. What, what did you guys actually think of the match?
1: I agree with you, honestly. Um, you're making a tag team that's supposed to be an established tag team that's going after the tag team championships, and then you're having them lose to, or even not lose, but just look bad compared to a makeshift tag team. Yes, one of those wrestlers is a former world champion in the NWA. Another wrestler has held major championships in other companies um, mm-hmm. and is a top contender to the NWA World Championship right now. But two guys who have never teamed, who have no real personal history, who don't have a real friendship, shouldn't be able to take on somebody a well-oiled machine, or in this case, a well-oiled, well-oiled bulldozing tag team machine. <laughs> right. um, it's it, yeah. We're a brother. It's, it's kind of like saying put two um, you're putting two guys together to go against the United States Army And you're going to t- take two Just two random guys on against two trained soldiers That's the way it's supposed to be And you would expect the team that has the ability To know what's going on And the brothers especially Have basically been together their most of their entire lives I think they're even twins So pretty much their entire life It, it wasn't a good idea
2: it wasn't what I would have done uh, I think the biggest thing this match suffered from Was limited time You put I mean, we see matches like this all the time, everywhere. Even even back in the old days, it's it's not necessarily uncommon. But uh, when you have a longer match, then you look at Eli Drake and you look at Tim Storm, and you go, "Well, they're the better wrestlers." And so, on an individual basis, they should do well against uh, Dawson's Creek or whoever they were. And uh, but then the points supposed you know break a little bit of kayfabe here. We know the basic layouts of tag team matches. I actually kind of get tired of it, but we know there's the shine. We know there's the heat, and then we know there's the hot tab comeback. And so what we didn't really have good time for in this match was the heat where they were really using their tag team brother abilities to isolate one of them and just beat them up. And so, it you know, w- one of the things about heel-face dynamics is that you're always supposed to believe that the heels aren't as good sure. as the faces. Absolutely. Because that's why they cheat. You know, you know, the heels cheat because they're not as good as the face. And so there's there's always a little bit of that dynamic in place. But yeah, you know, the Midnight Express they, you know, they they can get beat up by any two guys that were put in together who were on top of the car. But oh, then they got oh. that heat section and they could carry that heat section for 10, 15, 20 minutes, depending on how long the match was. And, you know, you were forced to recognize them yeah. as a good tag team. We didn't have that here. We we didn't have a moment of going, oh, well, the Dawsons are – Eli and Taylor are better wrestlers, but the Creek <laughs> Boys are, you know, a better well, tag
0: and, team. and I think – so fantasy booking, right? I think I would have used this spot for just about any other tag team <laughs> on the show because, again, I feel like the pairing of Drake and – storm hurt the credibility of the Dawson's by being so competitive. Now you can call me crazy. You could say I'm wrong, but just to me in that moment, I'm looking at these two guys who are supposed to be these, like Jaden said, bulldozers and they didn't look like bulldozers. And a lot of the mystique was gone. That match did nothing to enhance the bulldozer mentality of the, of the Dawson's, but it did everything to kind of hurt their credibility going forward how am i supposed to take them uh, a, a, as a legitimate tag team challenge when again you know i heard everything you said but to me you, you're putting two random guys together who've never teamed before who have no chemistry whatsoever and for a good chunk of that match we're just as competitive or better than the dawsons and a tag team wrestling it's a different animal you don't have to be the better wrestler you have to be the better technician you know go back to when uh, arn anderson right was you know Arn Anderson and Tully, what did they do? Constant tag outs, working over the arm, working over the leg, working over the body part. That, to me, showed that they didn't have to be the better wrestler. They were the better technician. They knew that if they're going up against someone who is stronger, more powerful, they're going to disable them. Obviously, the Dawsons are not Arn Anderson or Tully Blanchard, but I didn't see them attack a body part. I didn't see them, you know, I, I mean, yes, towards the end of the match, yes, they did kind of focus in on Tim Storm's back and and then, which led to an even bigger cluster, blank, is uh, when everything hit the fan and then we've got we've got Nick Aldis coming out to check on Tim Storm. And Eli Drake's over there going, like, well, what, what the hell's going on? And, and just such a random way to uh, end that match. I mean, you're right, guys. I, I don't think this episode was as good as the first two.
1: Yeah, I think the only Dawson I like, first of all, is Richard Dawson. Uh you know, especially on on match game, family, and fam- feud. family feud. Yeah, he's the only Dawson right now that I seem to be any interested in. If they bring him back, I I might be. Uh, I I definitely think that would be something to catch a lot of attention. But otherwise, these Dawson's just. I think, yeah, they, I think he's, he's not dead. around anymore. Yeah, he's not. That's why. I, okay. Yeah, okay, we're on the same page, then. All right. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's just, Cawley was the highlight of this event, in my opinion. The com- the commercials were not anywhere any anywhere as entertaining and any more distracting. Uh, Josephus was a waste of time. Um, yeah, honestly, it was. I think the only person that got over stronger on this one was Caleb Kindly. Oh, and I'm wrong. And of course, Eddie Kingston.
0: Oh yeah, um, Kingston. I mean, that promo <laughs> did that not make you interested in seeing a return match between the wild cards and? and uh, Kingston and and homicide or even better yet a matchup between homicide and Kingston versus our our Dawson boys. I mean, it's certain, I'll say this man. And I wasn't a, I I wasn't real familiar with Eddie Kingston before. I mean, I knew who he was. I know what he's capable of, but I didn't know how good he was on the mic. And I mean, (laughs) I, based on that, I'd like to see that match between the Dawson's and I think they're called Outlaw, the Outlaw Inc. Outlaw, yeah, I think Outlaw Inc.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know what? I really just hope Kingston and, and Homicide humble them and you know show their dominance. Maybe go through Latimer and I six, even though I do like those guys. Maybe, maybe even potentially go through the Rock and Roll Express and be where I believe they should be on the top right now of the NWA. Uh, there's just something though. It's something about his eyes there's there's I guess they're blue there's blue eyes of his when he says something it has this this truth factor this authenticity he just peers through you and it's it catches you it, it, it when you look into his eyes you can see everything he's saying is a hundred percent true and it just it adds so much to him
0: and I think more so than that it's it's he believes what he's saying DKM, do you have uh, anything you'd like to add on top of that
2: Well, I think he nailed it with he believes what he's saying. I mean, the advantage of the NWA studio wrestling are the promos. They're the advantage and the disadvantage. And that is the guys really have a chance to get themselves over by convincing us. Uh, There's an old story, you know, with Johnny Valentine that Roddy Piper would tell where Johnny Valentine would go, I can't make – I can't make you believe that wrestling's real, but yeah. I can make you believe that I, I'm real. It's Eddie Kingston comes across yeah. that way, you know. You know it, I, I believe he's real, and so you know the, this actually leads to an interesting segue for something I was kind sure. of want to get your guys' opinion on, and Jaden, Jaden kind of started down the road. Which is, who would like to see in tag team champions? I mean,
1: we know the Rock and Roll Express are the
2: current ones. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, spoiler alert. If if you haven't read it already in the 900 different places it's been published, spoiler, uh, Rock and Roll Express won the tag team titles at some point. Uh, Not likely to be long-term champions. And so, who's out there that the NWA can put the tag team titles on? I mean, we talked about, you know, Dawson's were kind of hurt this week. So, uh, you know, Jay, who, who's out there? Who did you see at the tapings that you go, man, they'd make great champions? And maybe well, it's
0: the former. I think uh, yeah. if we're just going on who was there, yeah, it's the former champions or, or Outlaw Incorporated. Um, outlaws and corporate. I don't know why I'm, that's so hard for me to say. Homicide in Kingston, I think, would actually make great tag champions. Much to what Jaden was just saying. Um, I also think that perhaps, you know, for me personally, I whenever I go to a wrestling show, I feel like I'm scouting for the NWA or scouting for championship wrestling from Hollywood. Whenever I'm at a show, I think, man, that team or this person would be good here. And one of those teams for me was Reno Scum. I really wanted Reno Scum in the NWA. Of course, that changed uh, last week. At Bound for Glory, they made their return to impact. So that's no longer an option. Uh, but there are teams out there who I think would make a, a, a pretty good uh, – would fit well with the NWA, especially this NWA. And, I mean, I know you guys aren't a big fan of, of the Rockness Monsters out in Hollywood. But I think they would be perfect for the tag team division in the NWA. I also think uh, the, the soul burners, the current United Wrestling Network tag team champions, would be a good fit. Now Maybe maybe they're not championship material, but at least having a higher quality, higher caliber tag teams, I think is only going to benefit everybody in the long run. Jaden, uh, what about you? Who do you? What tag team do you think that is out there that uh, could make an impact, no pun intended, for the NWA?
1: Well, I'm going to pun Nintendos like crazy. But, uh, well, that's actually – you know what? You actually kind of unintentionally brought up a good point. While they've done a very good job with the World Championship, they've done a very good job with the National Championship, and they've done a pretty good job with the Women's Championship, the tag Team Championship has definitely fallen in the category of not very well produced, not very well done. Um, the first champions technically only defend the belts and then lost it. And then the right. second champions, I think, defended it once and lost it. So twice and lost it. They're actually double yes. the record. And um, so right now, the current champions the Rock and Roll Express, they're the hottest tag team in professional wrestling. For positive or negative, it definitely has a lot of people talking about it. And, you know, it's kind of a feel-good moment, especially for somebody who's been watching the R&R Express since the early 80s. Um, but they just haven't really done a great job in my opinion with the tag team championships. There's not a lot of focus on it. And I know, I know from experience, I see Dr. Lawrence Arconium go through it. Tag team wrestling is the hardest, most frustrating thing to get taken care of properly in professional wrestling as a promoter. It's, you not only have to deal with two egos, you have to deal with four egos to get the match together. And, and, Tag team's a dead art, unfortunately. It's slowly, maybe slightly making a comeback, but it's just not what it nearly even come close to what it used to be. Uh, the only tag team right now that I think deserves it is probably Outlaws Inc. Um, I just really, really hope they don't do a four-way for the tag team championship. That's the one thing the NWA does not need is all those bad booking, lazy booking, multi-man matches. Sometimes I know they happen. Sometimes they happen organically. and Sometimes... Very rarely, it's a good thing, but most of the time it's just
2: lazy booking.
0: I feel like you've read spoilers. Um,
2: Not, a, I, I'm okay with multi man matches if there's no title at stake. Okay, and I prefer I prefer elimination to whatever they call it right. when it's just a one fall and done. I mean, I mean to me, do you really want to damage your championship? Credibility, keep having title changes and multi man matches where the champion doesn't get it.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, as we talk about this and, and a lack of tag teams, a lack of uh, production for the titles, you know, this could all change on December 14th or 15th or 16th. Um, I don't think they've made an official card yet for the pay per view. Um, although a lot of things led up to what would be the pay per view show that you'll see in, over the next five weeks of television, um, I do believe that they have that is an opportunity for the NWA and hopefully something that gets addressed because, again, the show, to me, outside of some of the quirks that you guys don't enjoy, I think this show it's, it is really coming together and I think it really has a, an old-school vibe to it. Um, I really think it is a good alternative to what's out there right now. If you want more indie-style wrestling on TV, I mean, you've got All Elite you want that uh wwe style there's like 15 hours of it now on usa uh, fox and the wwe network and all that if you want to watch strong style wrestling hell you can go to access and watch that once a week there's so much wrestling right now that it is just same to me um and in this instance where we're talking about tag team wrestling and that being something that might be hurting the brand um there's huge opportunities there and Not to go too crazy here, but the correlation with the National Wrestling Alliance over the years and New Japan Pro Wrestling, I mean, they're bringing bringing New New Japan Japan talent talent now to the United States. States. They're They're actually going to do shows and tours. tours. The NWA has has said since day one that they're open for business. To improve this show, there's a lot of opportunity to solidify the roster. And, uh, you know, December 14th, pay-per-view.
1: Yeah, it's what is it called again? Into the Fire... (laughs) Yeah. Don't <laughs> I, the think... fire I, don't I don't think, think there's, there's extra hours in that fire. Okay. okay.
2: What,
0: what do you guys want, want to see, see next from the NWA? Uh,
1: I will stay, uh, for right now, I would like to see uh, an improving of the tag team division and more quality women wrestlers, uh, some depth of challengers maybe for both divisions. I um, kind of see what's going to go happen with the national championship. Uh, the world title still kind of up for grabs. What's going on with that? Uh, there's a plethora of challengers. Who knows if there's some new faces that are going to show up at the next television taping. Um, I, I guess what I want to see is less sports entertainment, less Tuesday night Titans, and more Georgia championship wrestling, more Memphis. I'd like to see more of what they were doing the first two weeks and less what they're doing now this week.
0: DKM?
2: Well, of course, I wasn't around to help you guys review the first two weeks, so I should point out that I really, really enjoyed them. In fact, first, first show was almost emotional for me because it had been so long since I had seen that type of wrestling. But uh, I'll, I'll start with what I don't want to see. I don't want to yeah. see any more titles. Yeah. I, I, want them to, I want them to focus right now on the ones they have Uh, At some point, if they build it up right, they can bring in a junior heavyweight title because they actually have heavyweights for their heavyweight title. You know, sometimes I think the next title should be branded the junior heavyweight title and Hmm, that other organization. Uh, So I'll, I'll tell you two things. I really did like in this episode. I did like the video clip yeah, I I like uh, of Thunder Rosa. I, I did think that made her look intriguing and big time, and as a you know real serious challenger for uh, Allison Kay. And then I I like their NWA on tour. Yeah, right. They did. It, i mean they they did the modest madness and they did the three-day pay-per-view in Atlanta, or three days of taping in Atlanta. and it was it was done so well i don't know who came up with it lagana if that was you excellent buddy i mean that was i don't know it warmed my heart
0: and and they did also talk about hollywood too which was kind of cool um yeah, that had that old school feel to it, right? That kind of reminded me, like again, uh I know that your guys's history is a little bit different than mine. I grew up with the WWE because I'm in Southern California, and by the time I was old enough, the labels were already gone, the, the shop was already closed, and we didn't get a lot of NWA out here. Um, so it was always Saturday mornings with superstars, and you'd get that come see the WWE in your town or WWF in your town. And I kind of felt like that was a little bit too homage to the uh, old, at least the old days for uh, the WWF.
2: I don't know if uh,
0: the NWA did the same thing.
2: Oh, that was very Georgia championship wrestling. And I'm sure, I'm I'm sure the other, you know, championship wrestling from Florida, Mid-Atlantic all did it too, but. The, the style, the way they said it, the way they promoted it, the background screen—that well, was Georgia that, Championship. That's,
0: us. that's great.
1: If uh, Lagana or, uh, or Kingston or anybody, Kingston—I'm sorry, Lagana or Corgan—is listening, um, bring back where they would do the interviews and sometimes roll out that steel cage to talk about a steel cage match like they used to do in the mid Atlantic territory. I used to love that too.
0: Yeah, I, I mean. Yeah, Yeah. there was the face
1: side, which was always blue, and the heel side, which was always red. And then when there were to be a cage match, they'd have that cage match with the wrestler behind you talking about the cage match coming up at the Omni or the uh, Raleigh Civic Center or whatever.
2: Well,
0: God willing, I think we're too
1: early for any cage
0: match planning. But again, we're only in week three of television. But um, I think that's going to wrap it up. That's gonna do the show now. We gotta go because I know, uh, short attention span that we're well over, uh, our time limit here. So again, thanks everybody for tuning in. You can follow this show at the Alliance blog. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Tumblr, YouTube, Twitch. And we appreciate all the support you guys have given us throughout the years. Of course, you can always buy the shirt at Amazon.com. Links will be provided and, uh, Until next time, ladies and gentlemen,
2: I'll see you at the matches.